Hello and welcome to Exploring with Conservation X Labs, a podcast in which we dive into the extra yet ordinary journeys of people innovating for our planet. I'm your host, Maria, and today I'll be talking with Dan Husegaard, a legendary Dutch designer and founder of Studio Husegaard, a social design lab which develops solutions-driven projects that merge technology and art in urban environments. My favorite examples of their work include the Smog Free Tower, which vacuums smog and gives out clean air, and the Van Gogh Path, which is a bicycle path that charges at daytime and glows at night. Dan, hello. So great to have you here today. Hey, thanks. My pleasure. Well, first of all, I just want to say that your work really inspires one to think ahead and really gives one space to wonder. And I just want to thank you for that. Uh, because the only thing that I know of that does this is Mother Earth. Right. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> that's a good comparison. Yeah. Um, all of the works of your studio uh, take people uh, on a deep journey of hope and, and connection to our planet. Uh, and its resources. And I'm curious, what do you think is the power that comes by combining technology and art that you have witnessed throughout your work? I've seen you use a fair share of biomimicry, which is observing nature to innovate in design. Even your Gates of Light project was inspired by just how light is reflected from the wings of butterflies. Well, I think when I started the studio, what was it, 14 years ago, we were obsessed with technology, microchips, C++, LEDs, and, you know, we would show them in lectures and, and discuss them for hours. That's completely becoming uninteresting uh, for me. So indeed, I'm way more interested in the wing of a, of a butterfly, how it always remains vivid, or why an anthill doesn't have a traffic jam, right? That's, that's sort of super smart because they're communicating all the time and sort of learning from those principles and then sort of not copy-paste but copy, copy more eh, into our world is really interesting. And, 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 and so nature is not just beautiful or, or wonder. It's a pool of knowledge, which we can activate, which we can, uh, yeah, which can help us. And I think we're just scratching the surface of, of its potential. Mm, scratching the surface of its potential. I love that. I mean, your work is some of the most impressive work I've ever seen in my life. And you're like, yeah, we're just scratching. No, for sure. And I think, you know, sometimes it's about creating awareness, like Waterlicht, which shows uh, the impact of, of a rising sea level. Suddenly climate change becomes very physical and becomes a physical experience. You see the water level above you, like <laughs> it's, it's sort of beautiful and scary at the other time. And sometimes it's more solution driven, like like an urban sun, which, which makes places uh, more COVID free from the virus using a, a new far UVC light. And of course, seeing stars that we launched yesterday where we say everybody has a right to see the stars, right? But we don't see it because of light pollution. What if for one night we just switch off all the city lights so you can see the stars in your own street? UNESCO is partnering saying that seeing stars should become a universal heritage, right? A building can be heritage, but why not the stars? Mm. So, so in a way, yeah, it, it, it's, it has become less about tech. Of course, we invest in it, we develop it, we research it, but it's more about the story and the social emotion um, it triggers more about the connection it generates rather than uh, you know, trying to brag about this high techness. 
You've mentioned Seeing Stars and Urban Sun, which is part of your Dreamscape collection of projects showing the beauty of a sustainable society. And I really see that statement coming to life through those works that you've created. That's why I'm really curious, maybe if you could take us on this path that you take to create your work, which starts maybe perhaps from a bold statement or something that you want to see. And then how do you create that so that it's tangible and lives up to the mission? Well, I think every project starts either from an inspiration, but also sometimes from a frustration, right? Like, like some things are just really annoying. Like, why do we have streetlights burning the whole night when nobody's there, right? Or why do we accept air pollution? Or why do we agree that there's the whole notion of waste? Shouldn't be waste food for the other, like, like nature does. So, so it starts with from that, and then you start to create. You start to drag your opinion into a proposal. And you do that for yourself to, to keep yourself sane, eh? to make your own world and the world around you more understandable, more, more related, uh, because so many times you feel disconnected from it or confused. But there's also a we. I think society could benefit from it, where I, I just think it's really cool to share. So there's a balance between the, me, the we and the me. And then you just spend an incredible amount of love, time, money, and energy on it. And in the beginning, everybody says, not possible, not allowed. And in the end, they say, why didn't you do it before? So, so, so you go through the phases of, of innovation and that's technology, that's money, but most of all, it's society. What do we accept from our world? How do we want our future to look like, right? And, and so we have rights. We have, I think we should have rights, rights for clean air, rights for clean energy, right for clean space. But we also have a role then, right? It works two ways. <laughs> we cannot just claim rights and then wait. So, so my role is, is, is to make, is to create, is to propose. But I think everybody should see him or herself more as a maker, not just a consumer, or even better, a creator. Planet Earth would benefit a lot from that if we would focus more on that kind of perception of the maker's mentality rather than the consumer mentality. I like what you said about people feeling like deeply disconnected and then thinking but how do we want our future to look like definitely not like it looks now um and I, I i wonder how you see design looking like in the future do you think it will play a bigger part in how we live is, is it inevitable do we all have to be designers what are your hopes for design trends emerging perhaps in, in society what's interesting in the last five, six years, you see a big shifts from design just being about lamps, chairs, and tables to more what, what is coined as, as, as social design, a design that tries to improve life, that, that gives a certain human well-being benefit. Um, so sometimes it's not even a thing, but it's more an experience or something intangible like, like clean air. And I think that's really good. In a way, you can say that climate change is bad design, right? So in a way, Consciously, we are designing planet Earth eh? when, when you pollute or when you, when you create waste. You know, we might as well one day design the weather in a way we're already doing that eh? with, with acid rain and uh, certain types of things. So, so, so maybe one day we'll drag that into a more conscious awareness and, and you know, we'll make it rain or we'll make a hole in the clouds so the, the rays of the sun can come down for agriculture or vitamin D. And then it's not about playing God or but it's again trying to find this new balance between nature and people and creating new links. So a good designer, in a way, everything already exists, right? But you, you make new connections, new collaborations. 
I love that comparison between consciousness and design. I think from what you've said, it seems to me that it's just a lack of appreciation, awareness, and consciousness of how are we actually designing it. it it's like leaving it to chaos and chaos never kind of leads to a good thing, I would say, perhaps based on my own experience. I definitely feel a lot more people are becoming more conscious and want to be aware And even though there comes a whole ton of powerlessness at the beginning with that, there is more of a design future where people want to design their life. Or, or they want to design themselves, right? Yeah, yeah that's true. So I, I really hope that people become more like designers and it doesn't have to be like godlike, as you said. It's, it's very true. What kind of future of your own designs do you want to see? Is this something that you often think about in terms of like, What am I going to do ahead? Or you just focus on, okay, what am I doing now? Because I have a lot to do now. Right now, I'm really interested in, in the power of, of celebrating together in a, in a world where we live so isolated and so disconnected and COVID-19 is polarizing uh, us. I think it's really important to come together and, and, and experience something because that creates a sense of unity and connectiveness. And so we did that with the seeing stars that, you know, you can see the stars together in your own street, COVID free proof. Eh? Uh, you can do it in your garden and, and, and see this new light, or actually it's million of years old light, but hey, you see light that is new because normally it wasn't there because of the light pollution. We're working on, a, on an organic fireworks, biodegradable fireworks, right? Because traditional fireworks is prohibited, is, is harmful to people and animals. So, so, yeah, I think the, the, the upcoming projects are about that, that you take a problem and you turn it into a potential. I think people won't change because of numbers, but because of an experience, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so if we can imagine that better future and make that more sensible, we encourage people also more to become part of it and, and to create it, right? And that's what we want. Usually when we talk about the future, and especially politicians talk about money or technology or numbers, But very rarely, we use the power of beauty to help people to accept change. It's largely like using what we already have. Because like our earth is beautiful. We just kind of made urban spaces that make us feel it's not beautiful. But it, it genuinely is beautiful. And what we can do is just take that beauty back. And uh, I, I like that. True. You said that it, beauty was like underappreciated, even though there's much talk about beauty, but not like real beauty. I think, you know, true beauty is clean air, clean water, clean energy, clean space. Yes. And, and I think once we embrace those values in everything that we do, when, when we you know, design a plane or a car or a city or, or fashion, that's when we become future proof. If not, yeah, we're just sort of waiting or fighting or I don't know. It, it seems we're sort of idle or, or, or yeah, they're very, it's a very passive world today. So we're very good in excuses to not act. Uh, people are very creative in that. And uh, that's sort of interesting. Mm. But uh, yeah, there's a power in making proposals. And in a way, uh, a, good, a good design or a good idea should, should activate. That, that's its sheer purpose. Yeah. I think your work does help people become part of the solution. Like, because it does start with that sense of fascination of, things can be different. Uh, it, it really doesn't have to start with like you getting a PhD in changing the world. <laughs> But, and if there's one, don't do it. I think that's really, that's really bad. But what is interesting with, with for example, seeing stars, when you, 
when you go to LinkedIn and, and, and you, you share the photos and the videos and what people started to do, and I never expected that, is they start to tag their own municipality and their own mayor. Like, hey, we also want this in our city, in our street, in our village. And like literally hundreds of, you know, comments of, so, 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 and that's a good sign because it means people start to internalize it, right? They're like, they see something, they just don't just like it, like, oh, beautiful, but they say, oh, we want it. Eh? And we, how can we do that? So we really started to activate these local communities to, and of course, if you organize it well, you can just, you know, in a good way, you can just switch off the lights eh? uh, think about safety in a good way. We can switch off the lights and you can see the stars on a non-cloudy night. So it's really cool to sort of see that sort of actually worked and we always hope for that, but you never know, right? So beauty in that way is not just wonder and, and awe, uh, but, 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 but beauty is that, that you internalize it and um, you're like, hey, I also can be part of it. I can also do this. It's amazing. I'm going to go to LinkedIn and tag my mayor. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool to see. Yeah, yeah. I like the same with the smoke-free ring. People said it was going to be pollution at his finger. Nobody's going to do that. And I was just, yeah. we're, we're cleaning up the archive here at the end of the year. And I was just checking the first photos of the engagement couple who purchased one of the first smoke-free rings where he proposed to get married. Um, and they send us these photos. And to be honest, we never expected that that would happen, right? And for them, true beauty is, is, is the clean air. And for them, true beauty is that they're part of the solution, not just part of the problem. Just to explain to our listeners, uh, basically the smog-free tower vacuums the smog out of the air, then it has a ton of residue. And uh, Dan and his team were like, okay, what do we do with this? I was researching this and I was like, this is incredible. Instead of throwing it out, you were like, oh, let's compress it and like make rings that can be like diamond-like rings. And I was like, what? This is insane. I told my mom and she was like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. you have to show me. Uh, so so it, it's really very creative that you decided not to even waste what is Pure waste. So uh, it's, it's deeply inspirational. The Smoke Free Tower is a machine, a clean air machine, the largest one in the world and the first. But but I think the fact that you, you use the waste to make a ring, it, it drags it to, into a story, into something shareable and to, to care about. Because only technology itself would just make us more lazy, right? It's like, oh, yeah, whatever, we don't, you know, the machines will take care of it. And of course, that's 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 not true. So So to combine science with emotion, yeah? So, so technology and love, in a way. Mm. Um, I think combining those worlds creates true impact. So if it's just a ring, it's a symbol. Okay, fine. But we need more than that. And if it's just a machine, we become lazy. And so I'm always trying to connect these different dis disciplines. And uh, people have to get used to it in the beginning. But now, yeah, we have a waiting list of 1,300 people who want the ring. We don't have time. So, so it's 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 it. And the, the funding we made with the jury helped us to build more of these smoke-free towers. So it was also an economical model. Uh, so you don't need the weird banks anymore. So yeah, it's a journey and you learn from that. So talking about journey, I actually want to hear more about yours. People search for purpose and meaning in life. And I want to see how have you uh, gone on that journey yourself? And why did you choose like this path of design? What motivates you? to be on this journey of, of being a designer for fighting the climate crisis and sparking imagination? It's very simple. I, I, I create to not go crazy, right? Like, because you look outside your window and you see traffic jam, air pollution, rising sea level, COVID, it's very confusing. 
So you're just trying to create things to, to give it a sort of context, improve it step by step. Um, and the notion of a protopia, not a utopia, not a dystopia, but protope, prototype, step by step improving. Mm. There's all, of course, also a we, a team that benefits from it, hopefully a society element. It starts from there. Yeah. And then uh, you surrender to that idea. You're not in, you don't own the idea. You don't control the idea. You surrender to the idea and you just start to feed it with everything that you got. What would you say to uh, young people that perhaps would also want to take this courageous leap to create um, a job for themselves that doesn't exist to uh, create solutions that seem very complex, but can be tackled through prototyping, as you said, and step-by-step. What is that kind of mindset that is needed to, to, to be on that patient yet complex path? Well, I think it's really important that, that you value your own ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Your own emotions and your own thoughts. And they have a value and, and you should appreciate them and cherish them and feed them. You know, it's sort of cool. Um, and they're you, they define you, right? And okay, but then they need to get out of your head, right? Otherwise you go crazy. And so you got to start and do it. Just pick one, one thing that you hate, one thing that you love and start doing it and don't let go. So when I have a new project, it's not necessarily a secret because I tell everybody, especially taxi drivers, they're the best. So I'd like to seeing stars. Took me two years to tell that story. Lights off, stars on. So what I try to do is I, I tell stories to grandmother, uh, taxi drivers, uh, you know, like my friends. Um, uh, everybody gets fed up with it in the end. But I test. I, I listen to their feedback. I try to improve it. I'm, I'm like, oh, okay, so maybe it's too much about tech or you know, maybe it's too complicated or like what, what's, in, what it, what's in it for them? Where's the poetry? Um, so, so, yeah, I would encourage to, to share Right. And, and that, that, that feedback that you get will help to make it better. Sharing. It takes a lot of like courage, but also, yeah, just not giving up on on your ideas. I really appreciate that. I always uh, love to ask this question at the end uh, because this podcast is called exploring. I ask, uh, what are you hoping to explore next? Um, You've mentioned some fireworks, which I would love to see happen, but uh, yeah, tell me about anything that you'd like to explore in the near future. I mean, I've, I've, I've been doing this now for, what is it? 10, 14 years and trying to, you know, improve you wake up today in a world which somehow is more about control than about solutions, right? Which is sort of weird because I'm a solution guy. So, so I'm, I'm sort of having to renegotiate this pact I have with the world. So I'm really interested in exploring to first build my own world, like where I feel safe and comfortable and it can be a studio or a house or, you know, a garden or just to, you know, make the world a little bit smaller again and understandable. And I'm really interested in exploring this new way of celebrating, uh, this collective celebrating, like the seeing stars, like the fireworks. Maybe one day we'll start designing the weather. Yeah, controversial, complicated, uh, but, 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 but incredibly important, I think. You know what they say, the word possible is in impossible. So uh, essentially... It's inevitable. Things can can become the way we want it. So I wish you luck. Yeah, I mean, if you can if you can imagine a better world, then you can create it, right? That's how it works. That's how it works. Imagination is so important, and I hope that 
Um, all our listeners can view the website of your studio to check out all the other projects that you've made and see the power of imagination. And I thank you for this conversation, for sharing your insights. No, thanks. Thanks for your question. It was fun uh, to talk about it. Thank you. So this is the last episode of season two, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to these important conversations. I want to encourage you to send your favorite episode of Exploring to a friend today. Maybe they need that dose of inspiration and wisdom. And remember, may the exploring in your life continue. The Exploring Podcast is made possible by Conservation X Labs, a technology and innovation company, and also my favorite company, creating new solutions to prevent the sixth mass extinction. Visit conservationxlabs.com to learn more.